Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, proud member of Empire Media. I'm your host, casting live from Baltimore, Maryland, Coach Jay Lewis, with my two teams in a fight for the championship. Yeah, my two teams actually made it to the fantasy championship. It's never over till it's over, and it's looking like both of my matchups are going to come down to that Sunday night game. Um, but this is why we love fantasy. I'm joined by some prestigious, decorated gentlemen, including, first up, my teammate of Coach's Corner on our Triple Play YouTube channel. We just dropped our picks for All-NBA, representing Fresno, California, a guy who doesn't hire a contractor for $1,000 to fix his fence because he's a man. Welcome, Coach Kevin Coleman. What's up, guys? How are you doing? I'm just here hanging out. I'm a lovely Saturday. It's like 80 degrees already. I'm 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 too hot here in California. <laughs> and get getting ready to put a, a mass production up for Mother's Day tomorrow. I know how that is. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. I mean, it's gonna be a rough day today. Little scramble. Maybe you just have to scramble some eggs in the morning. <laughs> Who knows? We all have different situations and different expectations from that other person. Also streaming from Baltimore, Maryland, the guy who gets all the deals done and contracts signed. Simply, he is the closer, Eric Devendorf Mendelson. I like that. I'm going to start introducing myself as the closer at work. That's better than Kevin calling me a Debbie Downer in our group chat. <laughs> did you earn the Debbie Downerness, though? He did. No, nah, I'm the it. real one. <laughs> I'm the real one. All right, and, well, I guess it's not last. Last, certainly not least, live from an undisclosed location, a man who spends some time to reflect on things of life by embracing and appreciating nature. That's none other than Brad Kilgore. What up, Brad? Okay, good play, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well. I'm getting excited for, for playoffs. Now it's 10 days away, like five games each. These standings are, like, going crazy. I'm just waiting for the matchups. Playing game's going to be off the chain. All right. And lastly, a guy who couldn't make it on our last scheduled appearance as he had bigger fish to fry doing an NBA young boy music video, a childhood friend, Morehouse graduate, rapper, producer. You can hear him talk life and sports on Sports Freaks Pod, founder of Metronomy Music. That is mixed by Tweez, or as I know him as TJ. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? What it do, and what's your location? I am in Silver Spring, Maryland. 
for those who don't know, that's the city right outside the District of Columbia. People from Silver Spring, although we're from Maryland, we root for the Washington teams. For sure. Well, All right. No, I love the Lakers, too. Sorry. There we go. Lake Show. And we'll talk a lot about that today. Um, but, but first, a little background. Take me back to 05 real quick. What was it like being on that state championship runner-up team, playing alongside five future D1 athletes, including Jermaine Dixon, former Wizards guard, Juan Dixon's brother, and University of Pittsburgh starter? Um, it, uh, it was it was a cool, it was a great experience. Uh, uh, didn't play much, but uh, uh, we experienced a good wave. Uh, we were a very, very good team, and uh, I think if, if I look back at that time, it's a it's around the time of like late registration, um, fallout boy, sugar, we're going down swinging. Um, T.I. We, we belong together, T.I. It was like a really like an eclectic time for music. Uh, I, I relate a lot of things to music because they're kind of like synonymous in my life, um, the music and the sports. So, yeah, I'd say it was it was a time for teams. It was a time for for groups. And I, I think that it like, you know, impacted how we played and how we received um you know, how we moved, kind of like uh, the Pistons, kind of like that time. Uh, we had a lot of good players and versus trying to be focused on one person running the offense of the show. We kind of just heard that. That's right. And, I, and Lil Wayne really owned the rap game at that time. I, I, I play back those mixtapes. I know every single word, <laughs> every disgusting word. Uh, yeah, that's right. All right. In today's extravaganza, we speak on subjects such as LeBron is back, baby. Or or no, is, he? is he? Or is he? Yeah, I don't know. We thought we we had hope. Lamelo actually back. Uh, I refuse to call him just Mello. That is uh, blasphemous. Uh, the dangerous play in tournament teams. It's tank time, and we have complaints. We're also going to talk as always our performance of the week, the fantasy championship just wrapping up. Takeaways from the very different shortened season. Also. Who you got on fantasy most improved player of the year? And finally, our question of the week, which is our the biggest what if in basketball, which I think will be an interesting topic. But first, a little news and notes with only a handful of games remaining before May 18th play in tournament games and final seedings. We have NBA superstar watch. There those guys are. LeBron James, after missing the most time due to an injury in his career, his ankle continues to give him issues, and Anthony Davis, after pulling together a good week, gets pulled for back spasms, then drops 36-12 and in a crucial loss to Portland, which now makes them in a playoff, uh, a play-in contention. Do we need to hit the panic mode on a lake show? And, damn, it feels good to be young. LaMelo Ball coming back from a wrist fracture with – happened it seemed like a, a month ago um throwing highlight reel dimes nightly as charlotte back into winning ways what are you focusing on in the final stretch of the season i'm going to start with our guest tj um all right like i, like I said before i'm a lakers fan um i guess um, I'm, I'm focused on how we're going to figure this out here but um not you, pan- you are. Not panicked. We're we're good. We're good. All right. I think um, actually, what's funny is the, the the people who should be most stressed about what's going on are the Phoenix Suns. Because um, in reality, <laughs> worst case scenario, we end up in the play-in games, right? All right. We lose, right? We win. We end up in the eighth seed. We end up playing the Suns. 
they had that great season, and then they got to play us at full strength in the playoffs. And everything's all bad for them. Wait, full strength. LeBron will never be 100% again. You think I he'll mean, never be 100%? Those are he his words. It. He said that. He's gassing everyone up. He's we gassing. all know that. That's his job. He's like Floyd. He's he's selling the show. He's holding he the Joker card. I don't know. I think he want. I think he wants that. Uh, that playing game. I think he wants that one versus two. I think that by all means, he's trying to avoid the Clippers as long as possible. He would not. He would not have said what he said about the playing game. And somebody should be fired. Whoever created it should be fired if he wanted it. If he wanted the Lakers to be in the playing game, man, there's no way. I think. I think the Lakers should be a little panicked, not because LeBron is hurt, but because. I don't think they have a line. They don't know what to do with their team yet. Like they don't, they don't know what kind of lineups work and what kind of lineups don't. I think they were really excited when they got Andre Drummond. Anthony Davis was was really excited because he doesn't have he to play five He looked really anymore. bad yesterday, by the way. Andre he Drummond. He did. He. That's the thing. So they don't. They don't have spacing anymore. Like I think it lost. almost makes more. It makes more sense for Andre Drummond to be on the second unit and just dominate that second unit. And Mark Gasol play center alongside Anthony Davis because I think I, that changes the way that they they play a lot. But that's not what they're doing right now, and they look bad, man. They don't, they don't look like a they barely look like a playoff team to be honest. That's the problem. I, I you wish that Le, LeBron was back, and so you can kind of see and work out those lineups because um, neither one of those centers you just mentioned is going to be on the court to end games, anyways. But you would like to get productive minutes, you know, first, second, and third quarter. Um, but they'll get played off the court, and the you know the Lakers' best lineup, and we saw that in the playoffs last year, was with Anthony Davis at the center position. I think I think it depends. I think it depends who they're playing, right? Like if they're playing the Suns, one of those centers is going to be on the floor because they got to have somebody to guard eight because AD is not going to want to play the five. But he can guard. Team, he can guard some eight, though. So what we need, we he can, need, but he's not going to. We just need twenty minutes out of one of those guys, and I think they'll get those twenty minutes based you, on you each. You guys haven't, you guys haven't even mentioned that Schroeder's out ten to fourteen days with COVID protocol. Oh, who has been, who has been the primary ball handler while LeBron is out? You know, one of the, five. one of the uh, sparks off the bench. I mean, I think you got to panic if you're them because you haven't played with a lineup like Brad said. But now everybody's trying to get healthy, and the play-in games, like yeah, you're gonna have an easier matchup. But then you go to straight best of seven playing every other night. So to not only come back from injury, but to have that conditioning after missing 20-plus games if you're LeBron, if you're Anthony Davis missing a couple months with your own injury, and especially the long run they had last year. And I think the target is still on the Lakers because they're the defending champion. I think any time that a team has won at all, there's a little extra motivation for their opponent to play better against them. Also, worth noting, no team – that's been seven seed or lower has ever won the championship. Tell it's Brad. not looking good. Wor- worth looking noting, good. the last ten times years. LeBron James was in the playoffs, he took his team to the finals. But let's get Kevin, Kevin in there. Yeah, I just wanted you guys said a lot of it. I, I would say that they have had forty three different starting lineups already, so they're all over the place. They don't have very good chemistry and, and cohesiveness. You not saw to last mention night. those top guys playing to get haven't played together with when you talk yeah. about Shooter, Drummond, AD, and, and LeBron. Yeah, they just ahead. look different. They're a little off. Uh, I think they can figure it out because they got LeBron and AD. But if if they can't, then that's that's the struggle. I don't I don't think they want to get in that playing game at all. Like I don't think that's going to be those those old dudes don't want that. And then LeBron's going to make excuses. You know how it goes. But I, I would. Know, he- He's going to come out with the cast again that his wrist never healed from a couple of years ago. Paul Pierce in his wheelchair. 
I will say it's one it's one game and for and it's so super box office right now if the Lakers are playing the Warriors, which what it is right now. And um, it, it's one game, people. Let's not act like this is going to tax them to death. It might even just prep them up for that first series. Also, he's game seven, James. And in an elimination game, he plays his best basketball. So uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried about those guys. And look, you draw anybody in that first round, it's going to be a difficult matchup. Like these guys, the, it's the, this is the Wild Wild West. And um, you just sometimes you just got to buckle up. I remember when the Mavericks won their championship. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Spurs. They beat uh some other super dominant team that had 50 wins they beat all 50 win teams to the championship sometimes being battle tested early is not a bad thing but we didn't even talk about uh man the most charismatic young player in our nba uh lamella was mentioned there he's throwing underhand dimes full court he's throwing back shoulder he's throwing um baseball sliders um he man he just plays a beautiful infectious game and it affects winning so, Kevin, I want to hear your thoughts on on Lamelo coming back and hey, we're back. Uh, they're back in playoff hunt. They're in that playing tournament. Yeah, I love Lamelo. You guys know that he's better than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but I would, you know, when you're looking at what he's done, okay, when you pop it at, with the Donovan slander. I, just had, to that, I had to give that the dog. Uh, I would just <laughs> say, you know, he had 27, six and six his last game against Orlando. He's just an absolute fantastic point guard player all around so it's it's exciting i hope they get in the playoffs like you said just because i want to see him in that eastern conference just to be there but it looks like they made the right choice and i think Lamelo should be rookie of the year so i'm excited i love to have him back and those are the guys that i want and i love watching him play and they got a nice little nucleus out there brad hop in there kevin said it man that Lamelo should be rookie of the year like i don't care about the the time he's missed i don't care that you know, Ann has been playing out of his mind. If you just look over the course of the year, you look what each player provides to their team. Lamelo's the reason that they're in the playoff hunt. Like he's just played like a a, a ten year vet, man. He's just he's incredibly poised. He he's an actual floor general. He can shoot when he's hot. Like it's just he's got it all. Like Ant's just been he's been incredible, and he's really played up to like that that number one pick status. Like I I didn't think he'd be this good. He really shocked me. Um, I yeah, I'm, talk, a- I'm talking about him later, too, because he, is, he yeah. is making me eat all of my words. Speaking of people eating their words, Doc, what's your take on LaMelo? I mean, he's <laughs> doing better than I thought. I'll admit that. Does it say he's the only reason that they're in the playoffs? Did we forget that Gordon Hayward had a resurgent year? PJ Gordon Washington. Hayward hasn't played in, like, two years. Like <laughs> He's been out all, all year, practically. And, and LaMelo was out 20-plus games with a wrist injury. I'm sorry that uh, 66% of each team's in the conference make it. They're in the play-in. It's not that impressive, especially when you have the Cavs I mean, and the Pistons and the Magic. So that's basically you have to beat out two teams. Let's not forget that P.J. Washington's so, having a good out, year. Time out. So you're using the argument that 66% of the teams – 66% of the teams in the league make it, and the guy you want to win rookie of the year is not in one of those 66% of the teams. I mean, Anthony Anthony Edwards has played more games. That consistency is something. Oh, the Timberwolves no. suck as an organization in general. The West is tougher. So West wait, Brett, Brett, has, has Charlotte Devontae has been historically – Has Devontae max contract Graham helped uh-huh. the Hornets get to where they were? No, because Lamelo. Oh, so incredible. he's not a max player then. 
Yes, I think we've established <laughs> that that was an off take. Yes, I just that's I just want Brad to admit irrelevant. Oh yeah, that's true. We got to get it that's on. Completely report. irrelevant. Go ahead, I just want Brad. Brad to admit, just, admit it. just just get it over with. I won't. I won't do that. All right. Yeah. So so you're still paying the the guy that's as but, tall as. But me. in all honesty, Lamelo has been better than I thought. I'm excited to see him in year two when he's fully healthy. Teed, you had something to say. Get in there. Um. Uh. All right. I think Lamelo's been uh, amazing. He's actually. Uh, surpass a little bit of what I expect him to, to be. I think it's a, uh, and on the other hand, there's a little bit of things that are being overblown. Like, um, for example, I, I love that he's played a great game, but I think that he does uh, excel in situations that are, it's kind of made for him to excel. Um, as far as I actually am a big AE fan. Um, uh, I like to see uh, not only that he started out by figuring this thing out and had to get through it. He's played through all these games. Uh, Minnesota is terrible. Uh, but Minnesota is not terrible just uh, based on his season and his play, but they've also had injuries to D'Angelo Russell. Um, actually, I'm a big sports better, so I've realized the impact of D'Angelo uh, Russell's return. They, um, they're they actually amazing at covering spreads. And I know that seems maybe kind of insignificant, but the idea is that when you're covering spreads against a sport book, that means that you are supposed to lose. They expect you to lose. And they're able to cover these spreads because he is phenomenal. Um, he just came off uh, just just this week against Memphis, even though they lost. He had 42 points, right? He's 8 for 9 for 3, right? And took 17 for 22 from the field, right? And this, even though they lost that game, this is amongst them winning four of the last seven. So they have shown that when they have something close to their full team, they have the ability to win. And I think that we would have seen a more impressive season if D'Angelo played the entire year. And it was his best game of his career by far. Eight for nine from three-point line. Um, Anthony Edwards, uh, to me, because of that efficiency, shooting 17 of 22, uh, he took, he's been taking a giant leap forward, even with Russell being in the mix. Rubio's getting more minutes with Beasley out since Beasley shot the ball every single time he touched it. With the new the, the coaching move, too, um, you can see that there's actually there may be a, a chance for light at the end of the tunnel, especially if you get – one of those top three picks because, you know, if it doesn't go top three, that pick goes to the Warriors. So um, you, they're hoping in to, to kind of stay in that position where they – but, hey, we'll talk about it too. There's five teams that all have 20 or 21 wins. They're fighting for that second-worst record, and it seems like Minnesota's playing the best ball of that. Um, um, uh, are you going to get back to AE? Because I got one more thing to say about AE if possible. No, nah, let's get it over with now. He was my, he was my performance of the week, but – Oh, excellent. All right. Um, I, I'd also like to say about the Rookie of the Year contest, right? Um, if you really look at it, I'm more impressed with AE's splits being eerily close to D-Wade's rookie splits. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. Um, he's currently at 19. And then D-Wade also co-signed him said he's going to be better than me. That happened before he even played his first NBA game. I'm sure he'd say the same thing about Lonzo too, though. He's a nice guy. I mean. He is a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a nice, he's a nice guy. But we look at um, A.E.'s got uh, – he plays about 31 minutes a game, um, 19 points, three assists, five rebounds, and um, 1.6 stocks, um, steals and blocks together, right? And D-Wade, uh, his rookie year. stocks. 16 let me, points, huh? But, let me ask you guys around around the uh, horn. Who is your rookie of the year in like five, ten seconds? You can say the name, say your reason, or just say the name. I'm going to start with Kevin. Who's your rookie of the year, Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball? Lamella ball. Oh, you're only gonna say Tyrese Halliburton? No, nah, just, 
screw you, dude. Screw you. Yeah, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, that's fair. Doc? Anthony Edwards. Of Trash. course you would. Brad? LaMelo. And Tweez? Anthony Edwards. All right, and I'm going to say LaMelo Ball. So we're going we're gonna to be – I, guess, I have uh, 30 bucks that says Anthony Edwards, so it better be him. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ooh, that $30. Sometimes those little bets mean the most. All right, <laughs> we're going to transition. The season is wrapping up in two weeks, and the NBA playoffs is right around the corner. We already mentioned this, but they're letting 66.6% of the league in the final dance. Uh, and we're going to talk about favorites from the play in tournament, potential matchups, and who we are taking to advance to the seventh and eighth seed who's the most likely team to advance in the first round so as of today and it just changed because the lakers lost to portland last night putting them in the seventh seed and miami won yesterday putting themselves in the sixth seed with a one game lead over boston so right now we have boston seven charlotte eight pacers nine Wiz ten those are matchups and then we have lakers Warriors, 7-8, and Grizzlies, Spurs, 9-10. So let's go ahead and start with um, Kev on this one. Who's the most dangerous team? Who do you see it kind of advancing and how that plays out in 10 days from now? I think Miami, right? Uh, I think with what they have going on there, with, with where they're at. I, Great I listening that, to the question, Kev. Well, he said advance, right, to the first round? Yeah, yeah Miami is now the sixth seed. They're technically six. Oh, but sorry. My bad. One, one game lead. It's one yeah, game. They'll definitely, they'll definitely make it out of Miami, the Miami, if they make it in, is a great play. So kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> as that, guys, uh, definitely not Washington because that team's trash. Uh, so I wouldn't really worry wow. about that. Um, as far as the West goes, <laughs> I don't really think any of these teams have really uh, – I don't, I don't know. I, when I was looking at this – Kev, the Lakers like, are in the play-in. Yeah, but if the Lakers can't get their shit together like we just talked about, Coach, I don't really see them <laughs> advancing to the next couple of rounds. So if they're in there, they're in there. But again, they're not they're not playing very well. So uh, if, to me, it's top heavy league. If you're not in the top three teams, you're not going to the finals. And what's funny about that st- the side note on Miami getting to the sixth seed? Um, it wouldn't actually be a rematch with Milwaukee right now because Milwaukee currently is in the two seed because they yeah. beat. Brooklyn two times this weekend. They, they yes, they have the same record, but they're they're sitting in the two seed of the East. Doc, who you got? Who's the most dangerous? Who you got advancing in the first round? If you got anybody, Kevin um, also mentioned that the uh, the Wizards suck, so I can't wait till Brad gets a hold of that. So I think in the West you got to go with the Lakers. Um, I think with the Warriors, you know, you can shut down Steph. He's Kelly Oubre is not one hundred percent right now. Um, I don't really like Memphis and San Antonio in a short series. In the East, I'm actually going with the Wizards. You know, the way the momentum has, has gone right now, I'd say if the Celtics were healthy, I would pick them. But Kemba Walker doesn't seem like he can play back-to-back nights. Uh, Jalen Brown has an ankle sprain. And I think if, if Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum is out, the Celtics are not the team that you think that they are. So you got to go with the team that's 
probably the second hottest in the East. And, and uh, you want to you want to see that matchup with Brooklyn because they did beat Brooklyn twice this year in two great two of the the best games that I've seen all season for the Wizards. So they, they did, and, and like as a, and, and as a Wizards fan, like when they won eight in a row, that's the longest winning stretch they've had since two thousand one. And I'm just thinking, like that was my first year following the team, and it's been twenty years that they've gotten this much probably national attention. So you know it, they're it's, catching it at the right time. And after the anybody... fifteen game sample. Uh, the, the games that they lost were really close to. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they might they might lose the most heartbreaking games ever, and win the close ones too. Yeah, that's right. And they are the Wizards still. Go ahead, Brad. Does anybody remember? You know, a few months ago when I when I might have mentioned that the Wizards were going to make the playoffs. Does anybody remember <laughs> that? I mentioned. Yeah, I, there's also something else. Congrats, I, I can't, Brad. I can't forget. But Congrats. I believe I believe that was laughed out of the room. But uh, yeah, man, I, I agree with Doc, man. I, I think the Lakers are the the easy call in the West. Um, they have the best team and the best players. I, I you can't really focus too much on you know uh, uh, momentum because at the end of the day, when the playoffs comes around, it's not about momentum. It's about who has the best players, and the Lakers do. So I think they they should be able to get out of there. And then on the East, I mean, the Wizards are arguably the hottest team in basketball, and. It's not just a momentum thing. It's it's a cohesive thing. Like, they're actually playing together. They've learned what kind of lineups work. They're playing better defense. Russ is, you know, he's finally healthy, and he's playing like, you know, I, I picked him to be my MVP this year before the season started. If, if the Wizards made, you know, top four seed, and obviously they didn't, but um, if they had, like, he's he's playing as good ball as he's ever played. He's about to break Oscar Robinson's triple-double record, like, this guy gets nothing. Yeah, that's nothing happening tonight, disrespect. by the way. He's, exactly. he's going to break it. He's he tied. He gets nothing but disrespect. And the reason, I, I know what people are saying about Brad Beal and how he's like, you know, the best player in this organization. But yeah. at the end of the day, the reason that they're in the playoffs right now is because of Russ. And that's that's just the fact of the matter. He does everything for them. And Brad just scores. And it's important to have a score. It's important to have somebody you can count on when it's the fourth quarter and you need a bucket. He's that guy. But in terms of getting us to the fourth quarter and getting us close, it's Russ. He just does everything. So I, I don't think any team in the East wants to play them, to be honest. Yeah, it, and at, technically for the year, uh, the Wizards are actually better with Russell Westbrook off the court. Um, but that, that just shows how bad it, it was to start. He was recovering from that quadricep yeah. injury. He wasn't playing yeah. back-to-backs. There wasn't the chemistry. They were losing Man, close games. Quad. That's absurd. Yeah, and and to his credit, he is he has the highest field goal percentage uh, in clutch shooting in the last five That's minutes right. of the game, and I know he gets crushed for his clutch play, but he's been amazing. In he's been he's efficient. The, Can you believe that? It, I it, they're they're scary. Uh, for me, it's the team with LeBron James. Uh, I, I I'm not I'm not scared of Utah, especially with Donovan Mitchell having to rec- recover from it. He still hasn't been back, so he's gonna be a little shaky. Um, and I don't care if you got to go with Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris. If you got LeBron James on the court, I'm going with those guys. I've got them advancing past one and two. And yes, we haven't had a, a, a seven seed or less get there, but this is a different circumstance. This is 71 hey, game seasons, and both of their top players have been hurt. Coach, I have a question for you. I want to go back to what Kevin said earlier. If Damn you were it. playing a healthy, if you were playing a healthy Utah. With a healthy Donovan Mitchell or a healthy Utah with a healthy LaMelo ball, what team would you be 
scared of more? The team with LaMelo Ball or the team with Donovan Mitchell? Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. He's yeah. a cold bed killer. He had 57 in a playoff game last year. He averaged 40 in that, that series. Up. Huh? So you keep it bringing happened. That it's up. a factual thing. It's like are you scared a of like Tyler? Are you scared of Tyler Hero like that? Yeah, but he had a great. He had, he had one. He had one game where he had 37. But Donovan Matt, Donovan Mitchell had two games over 50 and averaged over 40 for the series. It's it's a little bit different for than him. Tyler Hero getting lucky one game, and uh, yeah, they're just not on the same stratosphere. But yeah, no, I'll take Donovan Mitchell, especially with the fit with Conley and and just his maturity in his game and his ability to create shots at the end of the game when it really matters. Uh, he's had a couple game winners this year, so that's why I like I like Donovan. Um, greater than LaMelo today. Uh, we'll see, we'll see down the road, the, the potential of young LaMelo. I, I can't argue against that. And if we, we had to go back, I don't know if I changed my list, man, this kid is just coming off an injury like that. And then he blocking with that broken wrist. I mean, and then throwing these dime It's it's unbelievable, man. The kid is just such a hooper and he's just going to get better and better. All right. Well, let's move on from, um, some playoff teams to, to some, um, not trying to win games or like the JV conference of the NBA. This is the race for Cade Cunningham. It looks like Houston has all but assured themselves the worst record. Although Kevin Porter Jr. Did drop 50 points and 11 dimes a couple weeks ago in a W. Uh, the NBA has Orlando, Detroit, Minnesota, Cleveland, OKC, all in the mix for that second worst record. Like I said earlier, they all have 20 or 21 wins. So it's literally going to ha- come down to the stretch. And I'm, I'm curious to see if they if any of those teams play each other. Um, but we are l- witnessing some god-awful military tank lineups. Who are some guys that have gotten some opportunity that has turned your head? Or what are some tactics in the tank game that you have seen some, on some of these teams that frustrate your soul as an NBA fan? TJ. Uh, I'd say um, I, I – Kelly Olenek is um, often the best player on the court. And don't you say it. I'm, I'm leaving you alone. Okay, leave it alone then. I'm leaving you alone. Uh, we won't talk about whatever reason we're talking about Kelly Olenek. And, you and Jared Jackson Jr. over there. <laughs> nah. Okay, Kelly. All right. <laughs> All right. He's good for 18 points and nine rebounds at any moment uh, during this tanking process. Uh, him and Christian Wood, I, I think, are um, uh, tank champions. Um, they excel in this type of uh, season. Um, who else? What, uh, another tactic that I'm seeing is uh, the two useless players lineup. Have you guys seen that? Is there are lineups that the Magic have put together that involve two useless players or two duplicate players. So it, it appears as if they're uh, attempting to compete. Like who? RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony, I know, are, are two of them. And then you got – they're playing with Harris a lot of minutes. That's, you, but that's – you got to grow your young guys. That's the, that's not useless players. You, you got to give them minutes. It's sneaky. It's sneaky because in, in, in reality, you can still put together better lineups and get, give those guys opportunities to play. It's kind of like how when the Bulls – before the, the Mirage's shade, they would play lineups with Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen at the same time. So. Right. What that does is it just limits Laurie Markkinen's chance to be anything or be of any real, real like contribution to the team, so that they could be better. It's just putting those guys on the court. You appear like you're competing, but Laurie can excel. I don't know about that because I, 
the way I look at it as like if I was a GM, if I invested heavily in these these this talent, you got to get them on the court and you want to if you want to get them on the court and you're investing in them, you want them to be your best players eventually. So yeah, I think it makes sense to put your best players on the court, whether they have duplicate talent or not. Like I think, you know, you look at what the Lakers are doing with Andrew Drummond and Anthony Davis, they're kind of duplicates, so it's not really working. But at the same time, Andre Drummond's way better than Marc Gasol, so that's what they're doing. But it makes more sense to have Marc Gasol in there, you know? So, so you got to stack the playing time. When you're seeing what we're yeah. seeing, is they're going to they're gonna play Marc because it's going to be about winning. They have to. That's right. They have and, to. And these teams that we're, we're talking about and referencing, they're not doing that because it's not about winning. They're not adjusting and staggering. Like you, like, like I was saying with the Bulls and Laurie Markkinen, it's not staggering their play. is not allowing you to have – Roy Markkinen averaging 20 points and you having a chance for him to defeat or be the best player against the second lineup and get to the maximum out of him versus when you have him on the floor being a spaced out shooter, he's just stuck in the corner and you have Zach Levine maximizing, but your team is not getting the most out of all the players you got. And Doc, what's your standpoint on this, the tankage? Because we are doing, we do have five teams that uh, are all in this uh, military tank game. Minnesota. I, I just, it bothers me as an NBA fan. Like, imagine if you're a Thunder or you're a Rockets fan, and a couple of years ago you're competing, and now they're literally throwing out trash lineups. And like, for the Thunder, like two months ago to say, yeah, we're gonna sit Al Horford. He's perfectly healthy. Thank but we don't you. Wanna, but Thank we don't want to. But we don't want to engage in the buyout market. But if we play him and he gets hurt, that hurts his trade value moving forward. It's like Shea's you know, 100% you, too. Shea Gilgis Alexander is that, 100%. Is today. Really? I, I can almost guarantee it. It's, it's been way it, too long. It, since it's his like, injury. you know, what for the fans that are coming to see a competitive team, like, why are they going to pay to see them lose by 57 at home to Indiana? Like, well, I don't think you, any fans are going to the games, really. <laughs> I, I meant met, met, metaphorically, metaphorically. You know, why, why are you tuning in if your team isn't competitive? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, like, the Thunder traded for Al Horford. It's not like they, you know, were forced into him. They have a tactic of taking on expiring contracts or bad contracts and the putting picks. up draft picks. And if that's their thing to trade him in the offseason, like, I, I get it. That's sticking with part of their plan. But it just kind of shows you more the business side of basketball, which sometimes, you know, I don't think sits well with everyone. But at the end of the day, we'd realize, like, these teams are looking at what's best for their future, and they know if they can't contend this year, they're going to want to sit their star players to try to have a better chance to get a lower pick and so that they don't damage any assets if they want to trade them in the offseason. To, uh, to Tweeze, sorry, sorry, Coach. To Tweeze's point, um, one of the reasons I don't like the job Sam Presti's done with getting all these picks is because eventually you're going to have to play these players that you're going to draft. Exactly. Like, you don't have all those roster spots and whoever you're picking is not going to be able to get the minutes, whether you stagger the minutes or not. I, I just don't really understand the point of getting all those picks because you're not going to be able to bundle them together. You to still have to hit on higher. the picks too. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, exactly. Yeah, yeah but so. when you have 40% of the draft picks in the next three years, like you, you're sure. bound to, to get somebody out of there. But, and but they develop, they've been developing players as well. Look at Lou Dort. Sure, but if you were a GM, if you were a GM and somebody approached you to get like your your lottery pick with like ten other picks, you're not gonna take that. You're just not. I will say so this: he's gonna have to draft with them. Well, the Celtics tried that. You remember they tried to get exactly. up and move. They tried to get Winslow from the Heat, uh-huh. and they said no. And they tried to move like seven of their picks. And it just didn't work. Just Flashback work. to when the Hornets turned down four first rounders for Frank Kaminsky. 
<laughs> yeah. Oof. I will, I will say this Miller. about OKC that, like, yeah, it's frustrating to see these lines and see Lou Dort drop 41 and then not play um, two days later for a, a hip thing and then come back out and drop 31. I don't really know about this hip thing. I will say that OKC is going in to get somebody in this top-tier draft. This draft is one of the best drafts that I've seen, the players at the top um, that I've seen in years. And with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they were 13-14 and 14 or 13-15 and 15 in the games that he played. So if you want to tank, you got to you gotta put pull him all the way back because this, this is an all-star. This is a, a future possibly all-NBA talent in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So you do have a piece – that you can build around and you have him on a contract that's going to last you, you know, three, four years before you have to give him the super, like the super duper max. So you're, you're trying to pair him up with somebody. I kind of understand their tankage um, to this level, but um, Brad, to your point, it's still a lottery system and you still have to get the pick and you still have to hit on the pick. I just feel like in the, with Sam Presti drafting in the past, I just have a feeling that they're going to get somebody in the next two years that are going to put them in that playoff contention and then maybe something to build on for the future, and then they could use those picks and trade them. I think Danny Age held on to a lot of these picks too, Kev, and then they got they got stuck in a corner and they're in the back end of the first round, and then they got to just draft a point guard and a shooting guard and a, another point guard, another That's small good. forward, and then, th- then they don't develop. They lose out on these guys, and they're like all right players, but um, – yeah. Yeah, what are you best, gonna do? best available drafted players usually land in bad situations. Yeah, and we haven't talked about Detroit sucks. Although Sadiq Bay and um, Stewart are monsters, uh, Orlando is oh man, they, nobody's really going downhill worse than them. But they'll get some injuries back. Cleveland is god awful. Um, the guards that I said were garbage are actually are pretty good. They just they play so hard; it's hard for them to to stay healthy. Garland's in, okay. injury history is something to watch. Cleveland has a good setup, man. They got they a lot do. of. Them. They're going to be okay. We'll and they got Allen, Allen that they're going to pay. They're going to give the bank to him. So uh, we'll see. I I was high on Okoro, but I don't really see him as a a future. Just had, he just had thirty two. He had his best career game, but if you look at his other percentages, um, I think based on the minutes that he plays, he has the like the lowest points per game. And in yeah, that's his role. Like Sexton. He's hogging because the ball he accepts that he role that he doesn't want usage. He's had opportunities like Garland's missed a lot, like missed time. Uh, Sexton has missed time. He's been playing 35, 40 no, minutes. It's not like I, he doesn't get an opportunity. He just doesn't have it. But when, but when Sexton, when Sexton is playing, he has the most usage on the court, and he's going to keep that. When Garland's playing, he takes that role, and then Allen gets the scraps. Like there's just no room for a Coro to do anything. So, but well, when they both play, they both get high usage rates, Garland and Sexton. And then when one of them doesn't play, it's, someone needs to get in there. And it's it's City Osman because he's he wants exactly. to take over. He well, he's to- he's older. He like he knows more about the game than than a Coro does. Like I I think it's too young to give up on a 19 year old who just had. I'm 32. just worried. I, I wouldn't say I, I'm throwing a white flag in. But I, I, I would say that my expectations and my opinion on him going into the season where it is now has dropped off a lot. Okay. So hey. that's, where, that's where I stand on that. But, yeah, uh, man, Lou Dort, it, it, quote on Yahoo, when he didn't play last game, it said, quote, tank commander, quote, right hip, tank violator, Cade Cunningham, unquote. I don't know who is uh, who's writing this stuff, but it's like the Burger King uh, Twitter account. It's just – 
it's pretty hilarious what some of these guys have been writing. So we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit of fantasy. I mean, it was it is fantasy championship weekend. Like there's like a couple games left. Um, who might be the player that was picked up and won someone a championship? Who came up clutch like 2012? Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity did. Um, we talk. We take a look at clutch pickups, starting with Kev. Yeah, coach. I don't know. I, I lost in the first round, and I I could care less about fantasy basketball. Uh, I will. I mean, and Doc, he's very. He lost really bad to you know someone. So he might have a better opinion on this. I quit looking at my uh, fantasy. But I have Shea and Towns, all those dudes that just got hurt. Hayward, all those guys. So uh, if you're in the playoffs, good for you. Uh, but I could care less. Brad hasn't looked at his shit since the first draft, so I don't know if he knows either. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Doc, it's funny that Kev knows this, and Kev's not even in our league. Doc, who did you lose to? Why? What 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 player went off against you? <laughs> I lost to Shannon because uh, Luka Doncic had like three 20, 20 assist 20 games. Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, forty five and five games. Oh, you Shannon. lost to Lamelo. Get her back on the pod. You lost to Lamelo. That just makes this worth it right here. You lost to Lamelo Ball. It does. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get Shannon on. We're me and Shannon are in the championship right now, and um, I don't know. Yeah, she, yeah. She, a shit, a shit talking pod. I might have another 6-5 L on come someday, which is the worst one to lose by. So, uh, clutch pickups. Uh, Brad, are you waving the white flag on here, or did you have some – did you do some Brad research? Brad didn't make a single transaction the entire season. <laughs> you shouldn't be asking him. Kev, Kev spoke for me, man. Like, I, I, I haven't checked my roster since draft day. I Nobody wants my advice, so I'm not even going to force it. Uh, Tweez, you got something by? Uh, I, if you guys haven't picked up any of the tank champions, I don't know if they're out there. I don't know what's going on in the league with Kelly, Christian Wood, all those kind of guys. They're available. Uh, Kelly, Kelly's strong on both of my teams, and no. uh, he is yes. a walking triple double. Funny Beautiful. enough, yeah, get, funny enough that he's on both of my teams. Get <laughs> wizard killer Kem Birch. Kem Birch is the wizard killer. Kem Birch is a beast. Uh, so last week O'Shea Brissett won me uh, yes. my 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 one league because he got like four blocks on Sunday, which which won that category for me, put me into the championship. He's um, an but NBA this player, man. Oh, he's they, gonna get he's gonna get a contract. He came out of nowhere. Well, in that first game, I was so worried because he he was playing. Sabonis had came back, and Sabonis had a triple double within the first half. But they were playing alongside each other, so um, good for him because he can hit the three. He he blocks shots. He's efficient. Um, score. He's a tough kid, and um, I, I can't believe I didn't remember him from Syracuse. But he had, was very very good his freshman sophomore year, and um, I just I had to kind of do some research to backtrack. But this week, if you picked up Kevin Martin Jr., um, there's a good chance that you you, you might be uh, holding that gold at the end of the week. Last night he had 26 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, and seven three pointers made. In the game before that, he had 23 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, and two blocks. He's a block machine, but the assists have been the most impressive, and I think that has to do with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. kind of having some of these injuries. Can um, we just talk late. about blocks real quick, how inconsistent Nerland's Noel is? His last five games for blocks, 0 5 How do you go from not blocking a shot to blocking five or six in a game? That reminds me of um, Yaka Portal, who I cut earlier this week. He had 16 minutes, and then last night he had four blocks, and now I'm tied with Shannon for blocks for the week. So I might be uh, shedding some Yaka Portal tears. Uh, we have, uh, we have too much personal fantasy stories on this podcast. I think so. It just, I think because it got to the championship. It's not yeah, we, personal. I just want to know why Nerlens Noel can't consistently get blocks. <laughs> 
let's well, uh not very good eric there's there's that yeah. <laughs> let's go from our own personal uh um travesties to uh fantasy season takeaways what in this shortened schedule covid riddled season affected normal day-to-day maneuvering and tactics what'd you learn about yourself and self and others in the sport of fantasy basketball brad <laughs> gonna start with I you I'm a, i learned i'm a quitter <laughs> i wrote that down nobody likes it <laughs> nobody likes a quitter right i <laughs> I said I was reinforced that no matter if it's your boys in the fantasy, there's are always quitters, and that's frustrating. At the minimum, update your bums. You have to set your your players that are playing, your IR guys, send them to IR. Yeah, you're, uh, you're just mad. You're just mad that you traded James Harden for Anthony Davis this year. Well, says I the you guy know that says we say too many personal fantasy stories. Hey, he might save me at 30, 36 and twelve. He's actually coming on strong uh, as of late, and he gives me a good game on Sunday. Who knows what? Who knows what's going to happen? It's not a done deal yet. It is six five, um, but that that's hilarious. Uh, Doc, the guy that was sitting in first all year and let me have it that I was in seventh. I mean, you can't help it when you have seven <laughs> people get hurt in a week. Um, I think the the takeaway is that you need to check your lineups consistently before game time. There's a bunch of times, especially with ESPN, that we use that they have somebody with the out in Deitcha, and they put them in, or they say they're active. So really, you know, go on Twitter, go on whatever sources you do and confirm whether that player is out or whether the platform has an update. What was that word, Doc? Indicia. Oh, my God. Spell it. (laughs) I-N-D-I-C-A. Wow. I am impressed. I've never heard that word before. You just spelled Indica. (laughs) (laughs) You just spelled Indica. (laughs) No, I'm no, no. Doc, Doc is cultured. Doc oh is cultured. my god! Fancy word. Indicia. Oh. Wow, I've never heard that before. I'm about to look that, it up right now. That is Indicia. great. Uh, Kev, take I learned that fantasy. I'm so. gonna play best ball from now on. Uh, I don't know. Oh, if good I'm call. Do the weekly. I don't have the time for fantasy basketball. <laughs> I'm in one. I'm in one league. This is what That's I about at my limit, and I made the playoffs. But I still there's weeks where like. Dudes are outs, and then like in sleeper, it's weird because you have to pick a game, and I always pick the wrong game, uh, and it was just trash. So I'm going best ball from now on. All right, and uh, one takeaway that I had is those bench p- positions, the IR spots, the number of transactions in, that you are allowed to in a certain week were all vital this year in people's success, and the people that were more hands on and people that had more pickups um, excelled in fantasy more and more. Um, and it was it's the pronounced. It's pronounced indicia. 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 How it about that? But you're right. It, it means a uh, sign, right? It's for yeah. From it means signs or to point out. Look at you, Doc. There we Thank go. You. Learn some new. Learn some new on fantasy basketball podcast. <laughs> there you go. I'm here to inform everyone. Redefining the English language here on Triple Play Fantasy. Tease, you got any takeaways from fantasy season this year? Uh, that was 71 games and everyone on everyone's team outside of Jokic. If you had Jokic, you're probably in a championship game. You're probably, a champion, you're probably in a championship <laughs> game. I'd say uh, it was a hard year um, for sports betting to, to align with uh, fantasy because there's a lot of rest and a lot of duplicate games. It gives you a lot of weird numbers playing the same team twice in a row. Absolutely. Um, and I have Jokic on one of my teams. But – it's time for a little plug talk. 
wherever you find your podcast, go follow Triple Play Fantasy Franchise. We got all things basketball, baseball, and football covered. If you're not keeping up, you might get passed like Oscar Robinson by Russell Westbrook with most triple doubles all time. Triple Play is giving you the heat like Glenn Rice in the early 1990s. If you're enjoying the content, how about dishing out an assist like full court underhand LaMelo by giving us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Our weekly episode drops as well as spot interviews. Got to check out former Redskins wide receiver in the used great one Santana Moss interview about his life and illustrious NFL career. Just want to say thanks from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for your listens each and every week. Also, shout out Santana Moss. Oh, my God. What a great guy. And now it's time for a little NBA catch-up, starting with our impressive performance of the week. Who's been doing their Bobby Flay impression on the court? Brad Lee Kilgore. Yeah, man, you already know what I'm going to say. It's Russ. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna... Press the I told you so button, even though I could and I should, but I'll leave it alone. And we'll leave, yeah, we'll leave it at that. It was it 17 to 17 last night? Now that's assists and rebounds, too. That wasn't even his points. Um, Kev, performance of the week. Yeah, mine's Damian Lillard. Uh, he, he's, you know, he just does what he does, and people that's just kind of. You know, he just does what he does, and people forget about how great he is. Uh, oh, in his last bloody. five games you've seen, he, he went 38, 7-4 and four against the Lakers. He had 32 against Cleveland, 33 against Atlanta, 26 against Boston, 32 against Brooklyn. So, you know, he's just been balling, and he's got the Blazers back in the playoffs again, uh, but they'll lose in the first round. But I got to give a shout-out to my guy, though. Yeah, and that game put him into the six out of the play-in. Um, the kid is our clutchest player that we have in the game. Doc? Uh, so for me, it's Joel Embiid. 76ers have won seven in a row. They're number one in the East now. It looks like they'll stay there, barring a collapse. Yeah. Uh, he has four straight double doubles. Three of those four games are 30 and 10 games. So, you know, he's really coming back. And uh, the 76ers, I think this is their year to make it out of the East if it's going to work with him and Simmons. You got to be super scared of him. Um, he he's playing some Shaq style basketball, and he can stretch it out a little bit. He's defending at an elite level. They are scary, scary, scary. And we all know he had potential, but I don't know what he did in offseason with his conditioning. But uh, he is here in the league. You got to be on watch with the 76ers. They are legit. We already I mentioned. Think, uh, um, go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say, like, I, I think earlier in the in the year, me and Kev and maybe some other people said, like, there was no path for the Sixers to get that one seed. And. They really just they proved us wrong, man. They're doing all this with with Ben Simmons giving us like, I don't know, 70 percent of what he's capable of. Like he hasn't even had to take on any scoring load because Embiid has been so efficient. So I, I think the Phillies are just a really scary Although team. He, and they kinda, he, did, he did drop 42 on Gobert and was talking mad trash about it. Um, that, was, that was pretty cool. But that's, but that's my point. Like he can do that. And he's just choosing not to. He's choosing to give Embiid the offensive load. And I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this playoffs, number one. And number two, I think this team has proven that they should not be broken up. Like, this is, this is something you have to let let yeah. grow and see what happens with it. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, 
we we had mentioned Anthony Edwards and John Morant, who's been playing stellar uh, recently. Uh, who had 37 and 10 in that win against uh, in overtime against the T-Wolves. But I got I kind of got to go back a week. Uh, what Jason Tatum did with his 60 points on 20 of 37 shooting, 15 of 17 from the free throw line. He is bullying Bamas. He had uh, eight rebounds, five assists, no turnovers. Um, at on the end of the day, on an inhaler. And at the end of the day, yeah, the Celtics, uh, their team is not playing great basketball. And they're outside of him and Jalen Brown and, Kimba every other game. Um, they don't have really have the strongest lineup, but he's just gotten better and better and better every single year. He's averaging 27, and um, he's making a case for All-NBA. I just I just had to give – that's a franchise record for the most prestigious franchise, um, them and the Lakers, in NBA history. So my guy is, uh, is Jason Tatum, and uh, them ball brothers is balling out too. So our newest segment of Trip Play is who you got. Today we take our place – uh, our picks for most improved player in fantasy this season. So, Kev, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to cheat and just say Julius Randle for everything. Uh, I think on both ends, I mean, you were getting him in like after the 10th, 11th round. So that's that. I'm going to cheat and just say that if you have him on a roster, I think that you really competed well. He's triple double machine this year, and then as a player, he's gotten so much better. And I love Randle, so I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah, no, and uh, specifically the threes, the percentage of threes, the assist uptick, yeah. and then an uptick in points and rebounds too. Tweez, most improved um, fantasy guy. Uh, most improved fantasy guy, I would have to go with. I, I really like that Julius Randle play right there. Um, I'm, I'm, but I would obviously like I like Christian Wood too. <laughs> Christian Wood has been um, his stats have been amazing. When he plays, the only the only down point on him is uh, his, that durability thing, which has kind of like been up and down. And he's got a lot of like game to game, so that like it isn't penciled in whether he's going to play or not. That's a little frustrating as an owner. But I see a lot of the teams in the top four in the leagues that I've been playing in um, that Christian Wood is definitely a rostered guy, a high peak guy, um, doubling up on all his statistics. Uh, Jeremy Grant is a, a similar guy. Um, who? Uh, who else have not got on? Brad, have you have you gone yet? Pretty I sure. haven't. Okay, go ahead, Brad. I, I was gonna pick I was gonna pick Julius Randle, but I think I think as a backup, I might go with uh DeMontis Sabonis, man. He um oh my. he's gone from he's gone from a double double guy from double last double year double. to like a potential triple double every night. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's the kind of jump that's normal. I think he's he's shown that number one, he's got the he's got the NBA blood in him, and number two, like he's He's in this evolved game. Like he's a big that can play, you know, in the fourth quarter, late late in the game. He can do everything really. So um Demontis Sabonis is he's my guy. Yeah, his uptick and assist, much like Julius Randle, has been super impressive. And I understand that pick. But for me, um, this one's a clear cut thing. And it when I say the name, you're gonna be like, Oh, man. It's but it's the actual NBA MVP. It's Nikolai Jokic. Um, he is the number one fantasy player this year. Uh, he played every single game, which you can't say about any of these other guys that were just mentioned. His numbers last year were 19.9, 9.7, 7 assists, 1.2 steals, 53% from the floor, 81 from the free throw line, 31 from three. That's great. That's wonderful. He had an uptick in all of those statistical categories. This year he's averaging 26 points. That's a six-point increase, 11 uh, rebounds, 8.5 assists. 1.4 steals, 1.4 threes on 42% from three, 57 from the floor, and 86 from the free throw line. 
He's our league MVP. He's our fantasy MVP. And he's the most improved player in the league. He's the most improved fantasy player in the league. Give him his flowers while he's here. Nikolai Jokic. And shame on you, Nick Wright, for saying he is the worst MVP in 35 years. That's nonsense. Doc, you're on mute. But I know you got something to say. Wait, wait. Is this the is this the uh, segment where we slander Nick Wright? I'm all here for it. He's terrible. I don't. You can you can you can implement a a, a nice uh, statement because he deserves it after this slanderous comments on Nikola. Nah, we won't give him the time. Uh, I mean, uh, Nick Wright just like tries to overthink everything, and then when people tell him he's wrong, he just doesn't reply to them. Um, I, I'm That's you're spot true. on about Randall. Honorable mention to Colin Sexton. Julius Randle, career high in points, uh-huh. rebounds, assists. He's shooting more threes than ever and hitting a higher percentage. Free throws as well. He's shooting over 80% this year, and before that his career high was 73%. So he seems to just be shooting the ball overall better this year. I think it's kind of interesting the kind of comparing to QB's accuracy. You think, oh, QB's can't improve accuracy, and you see Josh Allen improve. And Julius Randle, and I think his sixth year. I uh, uh the seventh year is now a really good shooter. I like I like that Colin Sexton pick you had, but I'm curious, you know, I, this is a question to all of y'all. Would you guys give Julius Randle a max? Yes. So, yes, in the heliocentric area uh, era that we're entering, where you go through these, you know, you pick your one player and you got to have them in these dynamic uses. Julius Randle has entered a different realm that allows him to be that guy. He can be a helio- heliocentric source for your team. I, th- I think you have to if you're the Knicks and he's got you in the fourth seed and, um, you know, you see that relationship with him and Tibbs and how he's been empowered and shooting over 40 percent from the three point line. The fact that his game has grown every single season shows how much hard work he puts in. Also, a side note on the, the max thing. He's not eligible for the super max, even if he goes all NBA yes. because yes. he's been on two previous teams before. So you're not going to get hit the same cap number if you max him out as opposed to guys like Jokic, Embiid, and Doncic who will be super max eligible. Oh, and Devin, Devin Booker's in the mix for, uh, for New York. He'd have to get all NBA. And um, at this point, he's – me and Kev discussed it. He's he's a bubble uh, all NBA guy, but it, it's, gonna, it's looking like Chris Paul is going to get that nod over him, unfortunately. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to add about Jokic before we got too far from that and his amazing season is that I think it's very impressive and not talked about that his usage rate is only is still under 30. So he's going to have an amazing season. He's going to be one of the lowest usage rates since Kevin Garnett as MVP. What does he play like 32 minutes a game? He get he gets all this work in like well, he three can. Of he's fucking dying out there. He's, he's got a dad <laughs> like me. Like He's got to limit his minutes. He plays like me at the pickup range of the game now. Like, all right, you guys got this one. I got to – I'm going to play defense. He does on love that, it. On top of that, he just always makes the right play. Like, he just yeah. – he doesn't need to dominate the ball. To, to squeeze his point, like, he doesn't need to dominate the ball because he spots you open and he's going to get it to you. And boom, go ahead, hit that three. Go ahead, hit that that yeah. post move. Like, it's – he's just an incredible player, man. And that allows you to fit more weapons around him. That's why yes. Michael Porter is able to be there. That's why Jamal Murray is about to be able to be there when he's healthy. Campazzo. They, they can you can put as many ball dominant weapons as you want around him because he doesn't need the ball. That's it. That's it. That's if you take it. anything away from this pod, it's that Kevin has a dad bod. Oh, I do. <laughs> no, I do. I can't lose it. Shoot, I think we all probably got like a little COVID ten or fifteen, COVID twenty. Who knows? Um, but. 
we are now ready for our question of the week. And I'm, I'm eager to hear your guys' responses here because it, it's super wide open. This is the biggest what if in basketball. Who would you who would have had the greatest career bearing injuries, a situation that could have been different, a trade that possibly happened or didn't happen, an injury in a in a, in a playoff format that could have, that changed the landscape of the entire NBA. Uh, we're going to start with our guests. Tweeze. All right. Um, I guess it's, it's funny you didn't really like go over this exact example, but um, what I would say is uh, my biggest what if, if, if is if Chris Webber does the Blue Chips movie. All right. And um, if you're not familiar with the story or what goes on here, um, Shaquille, he spoke on it recently on his last interview, and Chris did too. But um, he did the movie Blue Chips back in the day. Uh, he goes to the set. He has his, they actually play basketball in the movie. And he experiences this experience with another player. And he's like, oh, who is this guy? And it happens to be Penny Hardaway. He goes back to Orlando and he tells him, look, if you guys don't draft this guy, I'm going to be looking to do something else with my, my contract at the end of the summer. And at first, you know, they pick Chris Webber and he starts trashing his apartment or wherever he's living and everything because he thinks they don't believe in him or whatever. And then he finds out they made the trade. Everything goes on and we get that dynamic duo of Penny and Shaq. But with Chris's skill set, I can only imagine because what I found out just recently is that he had the opportunity to do the movie and not just do the movie in place of maybe Shaq. No, but in place of Penny Hardaway, which means that. There's a very, very, very high likelihood that Chris Webber would have been the one delivering the ball to Shaq in his sweet spots. And then Shaq goes back and he demands exactly what they had the opportunity to do. You keep Chris Webber. And then we see one of the most dynamic duos of big men in history, and it changes the landscape. Yeah, that, that would have challenged a little David That's Robinson and, and Tim Duncan right there. Uh, I like that. Uh, and it's funny because Chris Webber was on, on the All the Smoke uh, podcast as well, and he was talking about – kind of his background and he he was um hanging out with naughty by nature during that time and producing beats and it's so funny because as, as he was talking about it i had no idea that he produced blunt ashes by nas and surviving yeah. the top surviving the times by nas like yep. chris weber is an eclectic uh human being and um although i, I can't really stand his broadcasting he um he is a he is a basketball gym. He belongs in the in the Hall of Fame, and um it would have been wild to see that. But uh yeah, that the penny the penny and the penny and Shaq fit though, man. That was some beautiful basketball. We love to see Penny and Shaq. Bro. I just I, the whole the, the whole landscape changes though. If we get the big men early. I don't even know. I mean, it might even affect Steph. I, All right, so Tweez, you just inspired me. I'm gonna go next. My I'm changing my what if. Let's my go. what if is. Let's go. If Gilbert Arenas never brought those guns to the locker room, <laughs> interesting. He, he um he actually just you know told the story on Dan Levitar's podcast and on his own podcast yeah. about how he he basically changed his whole mentality once that happened because the guy that brought those guns to the locker room was a guy that was you know constantly pushing boundaries, constantly trying to make himself better, constantly trying to be an assassin, and once that happened. He had to change his whole mindset because it didn't just become, you know, the person he was was affecting, you know, if he's going to go to jail or not. You know, he was he was on probation after that kind of thing. So it, it became bigger than basketball. It became, you know, always worrying about what people are saying about you. It, it wasn't just, you know, how you play the game. So it changed. Once that happened, he changed his whole outlook on life. He changed his whole. Uh, personality in the game and he was never really the same player because he didn't have that same 
agent zero mentality. He wouldn't be so, doing what he's doing now, giving us this gold on podcasts without that experience too, bro. That's true. So um, that that's that's probably my biggest what if because I'm a huge Wizards fan and he's probably the the best player we've ever had. Um, well, I guess in recent memory, we've had some some greats, but um, you could yeah, double that, on his pick. on the injury thing too. He, he never yeah, goes yeah. down with, with that knee injury. We're point. looking at uh, you know, he was a top ten player in our NBA. So mm-hmm. and a free, it's, it's a free contact injury too. It's not even yes. like it's going to fall apart. It's a free yes. contact. Injury. It's sad. Mm. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not triple play fantasy basketball without um, a, a double down on, on Wizards, Wizards background information. Um, Kev, let's get a perspective from the West Coast. Yeah, I think that when uh, when I look at this, the biggest what if for me is if the Thunder doesn't trade Harden. That's always been my big one. If they would have kept Harden, Durant, and Westbrook there, how many championships would they have won? Because yeah, get rid of Ibaka. Like, it, yeah, they chose Ibaka over Harden, and that's really what they did. Uh, and they gave him that money, and it's because they thought – I think – and this is why I think Presti deserves some some shame a little bit because he, he didn't realize the format of what basketball was going to. Guards, guards, guards spread it out, space it out, and shoot. And then he never did a really good job of putting shooters around those guys either. So, Is that the worst trade in NBA history, Kev? Uh, well, now you should. I mean, it's in a conversation. It's, it's in a conversation it's because of what they could have been, right? I mean, I don't think they realized what Harden did. Could you imagine play Harden playing point guard and Westbrook playing off ball? Which probably Ron Butler for Kwame well. Brown is pretty bad. The Clippers, the Clippers traded away uh, their draft pick that became Kyrie for Baron Davis. Yeah. Three future. Three future MVPs um, yeah. on that OKC roster, and they went to the finals as as babies, not knowing the game. That it, in fairness, I would have done that too. Like looking back at the time, because you know the the thinking at the time was like, "There's only one ball. We can't have these three great scorers on one team." So I, I don't really blame Presti. For I mean, that, Harden was also six man at the time and was just coming off an awful NBA yeah. Finals. But to Kevin's point, though, it's about him not being able to see the future. Right. We don't need surge. Doc, Doc, he was terrible in that finals. They doubled him every time he got the ball, and he he couldn't figure that out. But he was the reason why they beat the San Antonio Spurs. He 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 dominated fourth quarters. He played Manu, but he did he he leveled up in that series. And so yeah, he did um, collapse in the finals. But he's also the reason why they got to the finals because that San Antonio Spurs team was, I mean, obviously prolific for fifteen seasons, twenty seasons, um, and they were damn good that year. That was an upset victory. Uh, but yeah, that is a, that's a really good one. It's a good, a good head scratcher. Uh, I guess I, I'll go up next. Uh, shout out my brother. Uh, he, we've argued this before and he brought this to me. Um, my, my pick is, is it's Grant Hill, uh, in college, he went to three NCAA finals. He won two of them, uh, for the Pistons. He was rookie of the year. He averaged 20, 10 and seven. He finished third in the MVP voting that rookie season behind Jordan and Malone. He improved those numbers for five straight years. He was an all-star six of his first seven years. But he rushed back from that ankle angle injury after signing with Orlando, and he only played 47 games in four seasons, which it makes you think, like, maybe this was the biggest comp to Michael Jordan and Kobe the next coming, and he could have been the ne- next face of the NBA. His IQ was exceptional, his crossover explosion – um, with his size, it was it was second to none. He was 6'8", 225. 
he was LeBron before LeBron in a way because he he could run up and down the floor and get his teammates involved and also defend at a very, very elite level. Uh, he would come back and be the best defensive player for the Suns, even albeit you know with no legs, just smarts. Uh, for three of five years in the playoffs, he was defending Kobe Bryant to the age of 37. He played until he was 40 with, with no legs. Um, he's all class, all determination, great local uh, vocal leader. Um, he would lead by example. He could have been in a top 10, top 20 all-time range with no injuries. And so it is a, it is a big shame that not only Grant Hill got hurt, uh, Kobe didn't really have his his number one nemesis uh, plan. Um, and thinking of that, I also ha- I also got to think about Lynn Bias because I think Lynn Bias was going to give Michael Jordan the biggest comp on the next level. And the fact that he was going to go to a, a story franchise in the Celtics and he died that draft night. Um, you you watch those old highlight tapes. Uh, Lin- Lenny Bias was coming. You, you saw it in the heads up battles between North Carolina and Maryland back in the day. So I think I think one. Grant Hill, but two, Lenny Bias, and maybe Kobe Bryant, maybe Michael Jordan didn't find their their ultimate nemesis head-to-head because of two different situations. But those are my biggest what-ifs, um, especially being a, a Maryland fan my entire life. I've, all, I've always heard, heard all these stories. I've done my own investigations, and it's a shame that we we didn't see Lenny Bias, who, who made one you know little mistake that he, he wasn't able to play, play out his career. Yeah, all right, I mean – Doc. For me, you know, I didn't think about this initially, but I think Derrick Rose with that horrible injury he had against the 76ers. Youngest MVP. The, yep. Yeah. Youngest MVP. That's probably one of the, the only times we've seen an eight beat a one. The only other time I can think of is the Warriors beating the Mavs. But you talk about that might have changed, you know, LeBron's career because the Heat, the big three, obvious best team in the East, but a healthy Bulls with D Rose. Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah, Lou Alden. I mean, we see Tom Thibodeau is a great coach now with the Knicks. That could have been a good rivalry for, you know, the early part of the 2010 decade. And it's just kind of a what if now. I remember LeBron, like LeBron was considering going to Chicago during that first like free agency. Mello Mello thought about going there instead of re-signing with the Knicks. Yep. Yep. Kobe wanted to go there too. And, and nobody actually went except for D Wade when he was 35. Um, but uh, there was another eight seed that beat a one. I remember uh, Denver uh, Nuggets led by Matumbo beat uh, Seattle. Um, but yeah, it 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 rarely happens. And then and to to Derrick Rose, yeah, he was the, he was the youngest MVP, but he came in with Steph, and Steph was not even mentioned as a comp to him. It was like Derrick Rose was. 10 times better than Steph, Stephen Curry. And it is a shame that we didn't see him with all that explosiveness. Yeah, we've seen him get better and better with these injuries. So could you imagine him actually being full strength and still getting better? We see, we still see like some vintage Blitzes D Rose. Yes. But he, he's so, and he's so clutch now. I love his clutch play. That That's one reason why the Knicks, who were losing a lot of close games at the beginning of the season, are now winning all of them. No closers. I was gonna say, like, I don't even think it's a, it's a glimpses type thing. Like he's, he's just accepted a role of like coming off the bench, so he he plays that role because he's a good teammate. But I think if he went to one of these like scrub teams, like you know, Orlando or Houston, and he was told to go be the man, I, I think he could go give us, you know, not the same athleticism that he did when he was in in the in Chicago, but he could give us the same numbers. Like he's a much better player now than he was. He said himself. Said to himself. 
make it hit the three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we could we could we could do this next week. What if we talk about CP maybe getting traded to the Lakers? There's just so many what ifs. If Kendrick Perkins doesn't get hurt in uh, Game Five, if Draymond Green doesn't spaz out and LeBron pulls the Joker card with getting him teched out, it, will they win that series against the team that won more games than anyone else? There's so many avenues that you can have. Um, but I thought today's pod was amazing. I love the energy. I like I love the banter going back and forth and. Um, Tweez, thanks for uh, coming on with us. Glad we can get you away from the from the studio for a second. No but where can we find you? You got any plugs? And um, what are you doing? All right, um, two things. One, before I gotta say this to to, uh, to Doc before we get out of here, man. Um, you made a great point about not winning uh, about the seventh seed um, being too low to win, right? But I just want to make sure that we remember that the the lowest seed to ever win was the Houston Rockets, and it was after sixth seed, right? Sixth. And they had just lost. Uh, they had just won the championship, a lot like the Lakers did um, recently. And it was a lot very similar. A lot of injuries down the stretch, but they were able to pull it together, figure it out, make that run. So they won that. that hey man, if this is if this is game, what's right? helping you get through this early yeah. part of May, <laughs> then okay, okay. You sound, you sound like me as a Wizards fan, man. <laughs> yep, yep. They, they beat Knicks in Game Seven, correct? Yeah, they, they, they beat they beat the Knicks in um yeah. Yeah. All right. So what, what you got some plugs. I know you, you got the sports freaks. So. Okay. The sports freak podcast. We haven't, we haven't, um, I honestly haven't shot in a while. Um, when the co-host has moved back to California and we allowed that to limit us. I'm a very honest person. That's just, we just did that, but we'll get back to that soon, but you can find me on uh, Instagram at, at Tweeze. Um, I think I, I'm not really familiar how this works. Is my name visible right now? Yeah, it's up there. T-W-E-E-Z-A-Y. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, like I said, I do um, uh, management consulting for artists and production. Um, and we've got a team over there, Metronome Music. Go ahead and check us out there, too, at, at Metronome Music. 